On this week's show, we discuss humidity levels in the office as it relates to human health and wellness, comfort, and its potential impact on technology. We'll discuss our own experiences with low humidity with Environment CEO Aaron McDonald and Systems Engineer Joe Plackinger. Welcome to the Elevated Environments Podcast. I am your host, Philip Ruane. How have you been? I gotta say, I've been feeling pretty darn good, uh, very alert, very astute. I've got really good recall at work, and I'd like to chalk it up to those circadian rhythm luminaires that I've been trying out. Thank you, Axis Lighting, for providing those uh, for us. I've noticed some really interesting things about it, but that's really not the focus of today's podcast. Today was inspired by some things that were happening in the Baltimore headquarters. At our Baltimore headquarters, we monitor everything from occupancy sensing to air quality. Uh, We noticed a troubling trend in the humidity levels during the winter. And there were some very low humidity levels across the office, but particularly in our data center. Getting the right humidity levels is very important in a world where we rely on remote data and technology and server rooms. It's also really important for human health. So today we're going to discuss one slice of air quality, humidity in general. So say a static discharge shorts a server in a data center. This could be tremendously costly uh, to you, to your workforce, in terms of productivity. We rely on our data centers to connect to the internet, access emails, some software, to enter orders. If the internet stops working, our business often stops. Now, if you couple that with the fact that buildings are getting smarter and smarter, and every technology is going to be tied together, if one chain is broken and it's caused by a short static discharge or something like that, it can affect the entire building. So getting the right balance of humidity levels is more important than you realize for for health and for technology. Humidity is defined as the amount of water vapor in the air. The humidity level in a space is often overlooked. It's a very important piece of data to get right in an increasingly digital office space. If you have a humidity level that's way too high, it's uncomfortable for you. If you're sweating, it's difficult for that sweat to evaporate and you're all wet and gross. However, humidity levels under 30% can create the potential for static discharge or shocks, which can be damaging to electronics and not to mention very annoying. I'm sure you've noticed in your own house when you walk across the carpet and during the wintertime, we're in a very dry house, you'll be giving shocks to yourself and others. The U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration recommends uh, humidity ranges from 20% to 60% for offices with temperatures in the 68 to 76 degree range. The Harvard Healthy Business Program recommends humidity levels between 40 to 60%. And frankly, that's a standard we'd like to keep too. We'd like to keep that humidity level up to about 40%. Now there's a relationship to humidity and pathogens. And first we'll talk SARS-CoV-2, a coronavirus pathogen. Studies have shown that coronavirus decays faster at 60% humidity or higher. The drier air 
uh, under that 60% can lead to the virus transmitting in greater numbers and traveling farther through the air. And it could even penetrate deeper into the lungs. A virus that goes deeper into our lungs may affect the severity of the disease. So it's really important to keep our humidity levels on the higher side. Other pathogens, unfortunately, when you get too high humidity, other pathogens can grow in the humidifier and cause humidifier fever, Legionnaire's disease. Uh, You can kill these pathogens where they develop with bleach or sometimes ultraviolet lighting. Mold can grow at around that 55% humidity mark, and it can really expand higher than that. These mold levels can cause a variety of symptoms, uh, nausea, ear, nose, and throat irritation, shortness of breath, asthma, headaches, and more. Now, on the tech side, humidity is another really important uh, indicator. For your average data center or service room or server room, the sweet spot for humidity is about 45 to 55%, and it can't be too much higher or too much lower than that. Lower humidity environments increase the level and severity of electrostatic charges. These shocks have the potential to damage electronics, and they're quite frequent in low humidity environments. And as we've talked about, the winter brings lower humidity and drier air, and so shocks pose a greater risk in winter. High humidity poses its own unique risks. Humidity at way too high levels may condense into electronics and cause water damage. Therefore, it's really important to carefully control your server room or your data center, no matter what size it is. Remember that all of the advanced functionality of your new smart building may be brought to its knees if a data center fails. Uh, Because we measure a lot of the attributes of our office for testing purposes, we discovered an issue with humidity around the office, and particularly in our server room. Uh, During the summer, we had very, very good air quality, and the humidity ranges were excellent. We were about 50 to 60 percent, and it was perfect for uh, not only not only electronics, but also for mitigating the spread of COVID-19, which was a huge priority for us. It was achieved through the rooftop cooling units. They brought in the warm, wet air of summer. And as a result, we had good humidity levels. As the summer turned into winter, though, we saw those levels dwindle. In November, it dropped to about 30%. And then down to 20% and sometimes under 20% in December. These numbers put us at great risk for damage to the electrical equipment, and it could also potentially cause greater spread of the COVID-19 virus in our space, although the office is uh, still not fully occupied. Anyway, there were two issues that were important enough to discuss in greater detail. So I invited the CEO of Environments, Aaron McDonald, and systems engineer, Joe Plackinger, on to discuss the issue. Joe is going to speak about the issue from his perspective as a systems engineer who's worked on data centers before and understands the relationship between too high or too low humidity levels to electronics. Aaron is going to give us a business owner's perspective, both as an actual business owner of environments and also uh, somebody who focuses on technology and IoT integration. Anyway, we'd like to welcome both CEO Aaron McDonald and systems engineer Joe Plackinger to the show. 
Welcome to the Elevated Environments podcast. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on your podcast today, Aaron, because you put this out after mm -hmm. all. And Joe, uh, great to have you back. Thank you. It is great to be here. I wanted to start with this question. So we, we've kind of gone over that you were monitoring our air quality in general, and you noticed that there was a problem over the time. Could you give me a little background on the issue and how you discovered that issue, so on? Yes. So we've definitely been monitoring the air quality down at our site ever since we installed some of these sensors within the spaces and everything. And in looking over the metrics on there, we had noticed that the humidity was very low uh, coming into winter. And in looking at that, we also decided to place an additional sensor within our network room. And the humidity was exceptionally low within that space. And that's when we really decided that we needed to address the issue in maybe a little bit more timely of a manner. Now, what, what are the air quality tools that you're using to track this? Do you, do you have a specific sensor that you're using? So we have two different types of sensors down at our office. We have the AWARE Omni sensor and the Verkata S11 sensor. The AWARE Omni sensor is wall mountable or able to be placed on a desk to monitor the quality of the air within those spaces. And the Verkata S11 sensor is either wall mountable or mountable to the ceiling. I've moved one of the AWARE Omni sensors into the, the network room just to monitor the air quality within that space and specifically the humidity. And so this is measuring other metrics, right? This isn't just humidity. No, it also monitors our CO2 levels within the space, the TVOCs, the PM 2.5, which is your dust levels. Um, it also monitors light levels and noise levels within the space as well. But the humidity has been the real issue ever since winter came about. Is that that fair to say? That is definitely fair to say. Does this is this a hardware software based solution? Does it give you a picture of the historical levels? Yes. So you can look back ever since the sensors were installed at our facility, where you can look back over time and see the the ranges of you know, air quality that you've been within and the ranges that you've been within on the specific metrics that it's it's monitoring. You can either look at it online on, on the AWARE dashboard or on the Verkata dashboard, or you can also export these out to a Excel spreadsheet and look at it that way where you can make your own uh, graphs and so on. So Aaron, I'd like to ask you from a business perspective as, as a business person do you have a direct interest in humidity levels uh, what are the kinds of things that uh, concerns that they might create in the office is it a comfort thing is it a technology thing well we started monitoring uh, air quality uh, uh, post-covid as a result of, uh, you know, a part of a bigger system in our office, intelligent office system. But um, we've always been focused on wellness and within our space. And the first intent to monitor the air quality was to understand uh, what the, the air that we were breathing and whether the humidity levels were in safe ranges to prevent pathogens from spreading. And 
we found that, you know, in the very beginning, uh, I think we installed the air quality sensors uh, uh, early in the fall. Maybe I, 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 I feel like it was August, but um, but we had really great air quality for a period of time. And then uh, the overall score started to decline as the weather started to get colder. And particularly when we hit January, the overall score on our aware sensors really declined. And Joe uh, began to sound the alarms and let us know that the humidity levels were uh, below proper levels for uh, for the server room. And, and he can explain more about that. Yeah. So, Joe, what is the perfect humidity level for a network room or a server room? So, really, you want to be around the same levels that we are for any occupied space. You're really looking for that 40 to 50 percent range. You can get closer to 60% and it, you're still within a safe range. We were getting down in the 20 and below percent range where really you're starting to look at potential static discharge from certain pieces of equipment and everything where we could take down an entire network and the, you know, our office. So at that point, we felt we had to address that room specifically, but also the entire office itself. For our own safety and well-being. Yeah, and some static discharge in a server room could create a downtime event, which is a very costly thing for any business, I assume. Yes, yes. In this case, it could take the entire business down for several days. Yeah. What kind of effect might that have on your business? (laughs) Well, obviously, it's not good, Phil. Um, we don't want that. But it, it, it brought to light a lot of questions and thoughts that we have moving forward. As buildings become more intelligent and we have uh, built our lights and our thermostats and our sensors into a, a one digital layer within our spaces, it becomes its own network. And so if you don't control your humidity. You can't control pathogens, but you also, what is essentially become a living, breathing data center could all go down because we aren't keeping our humidity levels up. Um, And that's a significant investment. So we just definitely need to take all the measures that we can to protect the people and the equipment within the space. And I think it really is going to challenge the design community moving forward to start considering some of these things when, when they're building their buildings. Yeah, absolutely. We already rely on technology so much just for day-to-day emails and computing and all that. But now imagine when we have smart buildings and every sensor is tied to a you know, central location, one failure has the potential to just lose tremendous amounts of time and uh, productivity. I equate it a little bit to uh, an LED board. When you think about how they're very sensitive to voltage fluctuations, uh, you would think of it the same way where the, the, this is sensitive to data, static discharge. So um, so precautions need to be made to accommodate those things. Well, that's a great point just in general about how costly this could potentially be. I'm curious as how to 
address such a thing. So I looked at some of the historical data and I noticed that there is this huge spike of humidity levels on Christmas Day uh, when everybody was out of the office. So I was wondering if there was some sort of explanation for that. Yes, it was raining that day. And uh -huh. our heat system actually brings in outside air for, for the heating system and everything. And when it rains outside, obviously the exterior of the building has a higher humidity and it brings that humidity inside. Well, I think we've solved the problem. We just have to make sure that it rains more often, right? <laughs> or move the office out to Seattle. <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, please, no, no more moving, please. <laughs> so, um, that that's definitely an interesting thing, but we can't control the weather really. We can't make it rain. What are some other things that we might do to mitigate the problem? So within the office space, we're looking at a entire space humidifier where it will actually increase the humidity levels if it reaches a certain level and it will decrease the humidity if it starts exceeding certain levels. There are a number of different brands that use the same type of technology and everything that you can do uh, evaporative humidification and so on. And, and that's what we're looking at right now. Now, is a system like this, is this intelligent? Can it be tied into a smart building or is it something yes. that you got to manually work? No, this would be tied in with our smart building and making sure that we can control it through our application that we're working on. And also that we would be getting alarms and notifications if the system went out of spec or if there was, say, a water leak or any of the other issues that might come along with it. Gotcha. How important would you say the measuring of air quality and, and in this case, humidity in general? Is this something that you would have noticed if you had just been in the office kind of sitting around? Uh, would you have known that there was a problem with the humidity levels? So the, the office space currently does feel a bit dry mm. when we are within that space. You, you kind of feel that dehydrated feeling mm. within the space at this time. Okay. I wouldn't be able to say, yes, we're at 20% right now humidity within the space. That's, you know, I, I'm not that much of a psychic. But I would be able to go, okay, this definitely feels dry in here. And we would all be noticing that we needed to drink more water. I noticed it. Uh, I, you can definitely feel it. And I was curious uh, to see what the numbers were going to be when they came out. And excited to have real data to be able to act on the insides that we found and be able to hone in on, on exactly where we need to be, uh, which is great. So actual measurable results will, will come of this that I'm excited about. You know, Phil, uh, in one of your earlier podcasts, you talked about what it would cost, what it costs per employee, uh, for, uh, sick time. Do you remember that? So, yes, I remember that the CDC, during non-COVID times, used to estimate that the average cost per employee per year was about $1,000 for employee illness. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, each employee is going to cost you that exact number. They're averaging it out across the company. But that's a big number. $1,000 doesn't sound like much until you have a 50-person company. And the 50-person company, you're losing $50,000 per year to lost productivity because of sickness. And it's a billions of dollars of expenses in the U.S. alone every year. And this is non-COVID-related um, 
employee illness. So that's a big number. If you can address that with an employee wellness program that mitigates um, illness through controlling humidity, maybe GUV lighting, maybe just uh, better health practices, if you can curb employee sickness by 60%, you're saving $30,000 for a 50-person company. That's right. And I, I think that's a significant number to make to make moves on. You know, it's interesting because I think that it goes beyond the where it goes to air quality. It goes beyond employee wellness programs and really taking care of the environments that we all are living in. Over the years, we've densified our spaces. There's more people packed into smaller spaces. With our company, we just made a conscious decision that we would give the max amount of square footage per employee that the design uh, world recommended, as opposed to the minimum, because we thought that over-densifying spaces could lead to these types of issues. However, moving forward from a densification and air quality perspective, we plan to de-densify our spaces further, add humidification, to help with pathogen spread as part of that entire employee wellness package. So that's great. So there have been a few studies that have shown that a humidity level of about 60% does a world of good for mitigating the spread of COVID-19, which is one of the things that most people are very concerned about right now. And my question is this, I think a 60% humidity to be kind of hot and uncomfortable, is there some kind of balance that we have to meet and maintain uh, between employee comfort and humidity levels that suppress the spread of COVID? Yes, definitely. We definitely want to keep it uh, below the 80% range because that's when you start getting condensate issues. And really, when you start hitting 55% uh, percent and more, you're also starting to look at mold issues potentially becoming mm. an issue. So you can you know, start having that issue of, yes, I'm cutting down the risk of a pathogen such as COVID-19 or the influenza virus being able to travel. But you're also increasing the issue of having potential mold issues um, build up within the space. I say most of these uh, humidification units that what we're looking at for our own office also have uh, the option to dehumidify and remove that humidification from the space as well. So you can do the balancing act a little bit easier if you do get one of these units installed. Right. Joe, are there any um, intelligent aspects to any of these systems that we can tie into our smart office? So yes, you can definitely tie them into a smart office environment where you can control them from a building management system. You can get them alarming to your, your building management system, sending out text messages, sending out alarm emails and everything where you can definitely tie these things in and adjust the system on the fly with, with those. You can also have it where it will send you alarms if, these, if a piece of equipment is starting to fail. Um, and you're starting to notice things going out of the parameters that are set up within the system itself as well. Can you program them to react based on? Okay. Yes. So yes, you will be able to set it to go, okay, if it reaches 35%, I'm going to start humidifying. And if I reach 
65%, I need to dehumidify the space. Now, can you program um, program it to react not just to uh, humidification, but can you program perhaps the HVAC to, to go on when the VOCs are higher? Yes. Yes, you can definitely okay, so- put in these types of sensors within the space where mm-hmm. it will be able to uh, react to those types of things. Or we can also set it to where, you know, your your fans, if you have exhaust fans within the space, those will, will turn on if they hit specific parameters as well. Okay. Those are really important questions to ask. And I think it ties quite nicely into something that Environments is developing, a dashboard where you can get all this data reported and make some changes on the fly. But I think that's a conversation for another podcast, perhaps. And I think we can leave it there. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to add or talk to about uh, humidity or air quality in general? Really excited about the insights that we're getting um, from our new smart space. And, and we can't wait to, to continue to show them to you and, and let you know how we're reacting to them. And, and hopefully be able to mitigate some of these things on a proactive level for some of our clients. Uh, and I think that's really important um, because we now have one client that we were, we're already dealing with them on a humidity with a new construction. So they're changing parameters to make it a, a healthier space uh, from the start. So I think what we've started, what, what we had hoped to accomplish when building the space and gaining these insights and, and collecting this data and being able to share it with the world is something that, that's really important to us as a company. Well said. And thank you, uh, thank you both for coming on today and helping me out. And uh, we look forward to having you back real soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So to summarize today's podcast, we started measuring our air quality during the summer for the primary purpose of mitigating the spread of certain viral pathogens. We kept the humidity levels at very healthy high levels until we noticed a definite dip in the late fall and winter months where the cooler and drier air created an interior environment that was very dry and not humid enough. Because we were proactively measuring the air quality, we noticed the dip in humidity, and we were able to immediately address it and make plans for a long-term solution in our space. Now that is the power of smart buildings. It's constantly measuring useful data and gives you plenty of time to respond. Failure to respond to this particular humidity situation could have meant an increased chance for a downtime event in our server room, or perhaps easier spread of influenza or COVID-19. Both of those carry a real financial cost for your business. We want to help you with your smart buildings, from the humidity levels to the temperature to the appropriate light levels and access controls and traffic. The best way to learn more about environments is to go onto our website, www.environments.tech. And if you're so inclined, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at hello at environments.tech. We're very excited to hear from you. We love working with you. And if you have a problem that you are looking for a solution on, we'd be happy to help you out with that. Now, finally, I wanted to share with you some news about the show. 
Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Last month, you've made our podcast the most listened to presentation in our very recent history so far. It's good to have a podcast that is growing in size. If you've listened to this podcast and you've shared it with somebody in the design community or in the electrical industry, I can't thank you enough. If you know somebody who might like this content, would you let them know where to find this podcast or perhaps give us a review on Apple Podcasts? Thank you very much for considering that. And I hope you'll catch us next month for the Elevated Environments podcast. I'm your host, Philip Ruane, signing out. See you next time.